Welcome to the Extraordinary Wellness Shamans Podcast, bringing you the inside advice from healing yourself from within to unleash your extraordinary life. Hello, this is Lauren Ebeck, Extraordinary Wellness Shaman, healing yourself from within to unleash your extraordinary life. Today's episode, we'll talk about what makes a great relationship, and we're going to review the book, and that's in the book, Reboot Your Relationship by Joe Whitcomb. Joe brings more than 20 years of relevant experience to his work as a relationship coach. We'll interview him later on in the podcast, not on this particular one, but on another episode, but I wanted to talk to you today about that connection that's a human necessity, the one where we feel the need to be loved and accepted by others. This is the driving force behind most of what we do, if not all of what we do. There's no connection stronger or the bond no stronger than that of a significant other, especially those that we consider our best friends for life. It's our deepest, we connect on our deepest level to our deepest selves, and we connect on a connection that never before has been experienced. It's exciting, it's enlightening, it's adventuresome, it's spine tingling. You know, we're in love. We have a lifelong friend, confidant, partner. We um, have empathy, compassion, understanding, and communication. But at some point, we're going to experience the negativity. That negativity is going to be the resentment, jealousy, anger, frustration, conflict. Things come up. Sometimes it's hard to work through it. We need to have that courage. It takes an incredible amount of work and dedication. And if we can't get through that, then we have a tendency to disengage and give up. And as you know, divorce rates are at an all-time high. There are a number of ways to get that relationship back on track, and we'll interview Joe Wickham later on in a podcast um, to do that. But today what I want to talk to you about is what makes a great relationship. So there are some common characteristics of a great relationship that are in the book. One of them is to separate yourself emotionally from the family you grew up in. Your identity is not that of your parents, it's not that of your siblings, it's not that of your significant other. Your identity is your identity. You are a separate individual and should have your separate friends as well as have um, your own interests, hobbies, and things that you're doing. The second characteristic, build togetherness based on shared intimacy and identity, while at the same time, you need to set those boundaries to protect the partner's autonomy. And again, a couple should be almost as one single unit, but at the same time, you're not a clone of each other. You each have your own work, you each have your own hobbies and interests, and it's okay to do that. You don't have to be with each other 24-7. And you should have enough trust that if your partner is out with the girls or the boys or whomever, out with the guys and the girls, that nothing's happening. You should have enough trust in your partner that you're not worried, that you're not jealous, and that you're off doing your own thing. And in fact, you know, that whole thing about separation makes the heart grow fonder is true. And you'll come to appreciate each other more because you can come back and bring together and share with each other interest in, in what he, the hobbies that you all are each working on. The third one is to establish a rich and pleasurable sexual relationship and protect it from the intrusions of the workplace and family obligations. One study I've read said sex twice a week, another one says three to four times, but the point is do not use sex as a power trip or control. Uh, in other words, don't keep sex from your partner because you're pissed off because that will not be part of a good, healthy sexual relationship. 
the connection you have with another is that emotional and physical part. So you want to keep that as a whole. You want to keep it safe. You don't want to let work get in the way. And you don't want to let family obligations get in the way. And I know that gets tough when you have children. So set aside a date night. Set aside the weekend to get away and have the grandparents or a babysitter. But definitely that's a sacred part of your relationship. And that in no way, shape, or form should become a power trip control or something you hold back because you're ticked off about something. So please, please treasure that sexual union between the two of you and you'll be much better off for it. Another characteristic is if you have children, for those of you who have children and are parents, embrace that daunting role of parenthood. Embrace having the new baby come in. It should not be an inconvenience, but it should be a physical manifestation of the love that you two share for one another. And with that will come a lot of responsibility. You know, if the kid's up all night, you both are going to be tired. There's always a focus on the children, and should be. But on the same hand, you do have still a romantic relationship, and you need to, to work with your partner to ensure that your relationship is still sacred and that you still love each other with, you know, those children. This one is a biggie for me. The next characteristic is learn to continue the work of protecting the privacy of you and your spouse as a couple. What goes on between you and your partner, for good and for bad, is really nobody else's business but your own. Others need to respect that boundary and keep their meddling noses out of it, including the parents. Many a relationship have been ruined by well-intentioned interference of the in-laws and by friends. You know, people will come in and say, oh, you should play hard to get. Oh, you should play by these rules. Or you should do this and give advice. And they get involved. And folks, that's called triangulation. Whether you want to admit to it or not, it's extremely unhealthy. So you need to form what I call the safe couple bubble. So you need to have that safe bubble around you and your partner where any problems or matters are addressed specifically between you two. Now, that doesn't mean for, you, for if you're a woman, you can't have the soul sister, or for the guy, you can't have your best friend, who you're going to bounce things off of. Because we all do that. You know, we all will bounce things off of, like, this just happened in my relationship, or this conflict just happened. But I would hope that your friends are in a place where, A, they're very healthy, and B, they're going to be a mirror for you. Now, what does that mean? So what that means is when I go to one of my girlfriends and I say, we've just had this argument or this run-in, she'll validate me as a person, of course, because she's a good friend and a soul sister. But she'll hold up that mirror, too, to say, take a look at yourself and, and where where is your part in this? And it, So they're not afraid to support you, but they're not afraid to say, hey, you might want to think about this. That's a great friend. What you don't want to have is bashing going on. In relationships, there are no right and wrong. There are no bad and good people. In relationships, you have two people who came together that have shadows, and there's a lot of shadow work to be had. And hopefully you can love and accept the shadow parts of yourself, as well as love and accept the shadow parts of your partner, knowing that they can fix themselves. You're not out to fix them. But again, sometimes we get caught up in that running to our friends, if you will, because we're upset with our partners. And that can be if you don't have the right boundary set and you don't have um, and you have dysfunctional friends, that can be devastating to the relationship. 
So please, again, protect the privacy of you and your spouse as a couple, and whatever happens between you is between you. Another one, this is a biggie too, is confront and master the inevitable crisis of life. Stuff happens, right? So you will have conflicts and problems that arise. The shadows will come into play. But the trick is don't run away from the problems that arise. Don't disengage and don't throw away the relationship. Confront and solve the problems together. This is a friend. This is somebody you chose to be in a relationship with. This is somebody you started off loving. So please try to remember that and don't bail so easily. Otherwise, it's a relationship that's not meant to be. And if you find yourself disengaging in bailing relationships or you find yourself attracted to the wrong people, it's time to do some of your own shadow work and face it or you're always going to repeat that pattern within your relationships. The next characteristic is maintain the strength of the marital bond or the relationship bond in the face of adversity. And this is again goes about no matter what happens, the bond that you two share should be the strongest thing in your universe. The house could be flooded. The kids are near death. The dog is run over by a train. But you need to be there for one another, even in the worst of it all. A house divided cannot stand, and neither can a couple divided. So please maintain the strength of that bond. You two came together with the bond in the face of adversity and be there to support each other. The relationship should be a safe haven in which the partners are able to express their differences, anger, and conflict. And this is another one. This is another biggie. In a good relationship, both people should feel like they can express any grievance against one another. And again, if the rumors and the garbage comes up from the outside from, quote, those meddling friends, who mean well, by the way, they're intentioned people, you need to bring them forth to your partner and you need to have that face-to-face -face conversation and you need to trust that your partner is there to support you and not, not against you. You need to be able to discuss and argue with them through to revolution and yet know that you're going to be there for one another and still love one another when all is said and done. And this is highly important. So please work to be able to express your differences, anger, and conflicts and work through it. And again, if you can't, the shadows have come up and it's time to do your own shadow work. If you're not ready for a relationship or a friendship, because maybe you're hurting or maybe you're suffering, and maybe you've come off a very bitter divorce, please, please don't get into a relationship. Hold off and work on yourself and do your individuation work first. You'll be better off for it in the relationship that comes along. Another characteristic that's great to keep into perspective in mind is use your humor and laughter. This will keep things in perspective, and it'll avoid the boredom and isolation. Humor is the cure for all ills. It's a great means of bringing people together. It allows you to see a problem for the very minor obstacle that it is, and for reminding people why they got together in the first place. So try to use humor and laughter. Laughter is the best medicine. Enough said on that. The next characteristic is nurture and comfort each other, satisfying each other's needs for dependency, offering continuing encouragement and support. Would not your right hand tenderly nurse your left hand when it's cut? You are simply um, two separate people 
but need to, be, need to be considered, and you need to be there for your mate's hurts and doubts, for their joys and dreams, and for their shadows. Please, please, you're there to accept them 100%. Doesn't mean you have to condone any act or action that you perceive as negative, but again, there's no good or bad person, and you're there for the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you need to help support them through that. Another one is keep alive the early romantic idealized images of falling in love while facing the sober realities of changes wrought by time. So how many times have you seen news reports of odd couple or sorry, old couples married? They've been married for like 60 years, 50 years, and they still have that look of the doe-eyed teenagers in their eyes for one another. They still have that puppy love look. That's beautiful. So keep alive the early romantic idealized images. And if you were to ask these people what kept them in love and what's kept them together all these years, they would tell you it's their best friend and it's that love, it's that mutual respect and love and support for each other. And it's about not giving up. It's about working through those challenges. So in Reboot Your Relationships, this book also highlights the four types of love, what makes men and women fall in love, the seven elements of love, fixing it, coping strategies, and bringing it all together, and so much more. The seven basic principles of a relationship are built on trust, respect, communication, courtesy. Praise, appreciation, and helpfulness. So those are seven basic principles of a relationship. One of the things to try to do in your relationship is to rediscover, rediscover the positive things in your relationship and then imagine the pain or the loss if you fail to do so. Realize that a problem does exist and look at your coping strategies. You know, um, I think it's Albert Einstein who said insanity is doing things over and over again the same way but expecting different results. So if your coping strategies are not working, change them. There are plenty of self-help tools out there and books, but there's plenty of professionals out there who can help you as well. So it's impossible to have a bad relationship if someone's meeting all of your needs. And, and not one person can meet all of your needs, but if both people are working actively and supporting that relationship, you won't have a bad relationship. A quote that I'd like to share with you is, thoughts become actions, actions become habits, and habits forge permanent change. So what we're trying to do here is create a new habit. Some of the common um, coping styles that people need to look at is surrender, avoidance, which is the social withdrawal, the addictive withdrawal, the um, psychological withdrawal. Counterattack. Aggression, dominance, manipulation, rebellion, excessive orderliness. You need to know the difference between are you functioning in your headspace or are you functioning in your heart space? So there are four ways that we deal with conflict between the good and bad. We can deny the bad. We can deny the good. We attack and judge. Acceptance is the only one that works. And again, acceptance doesn't mean you're condoning an act. Um, if you catch your partner cheating, catch him in a lie, whatever. But, it, you know, accepting what is and then working with that. And it, and if it boils down to cheating in some of those, and, and some of these things might be deal breakers for you, you need to get into couples counseling. But aside from that, learn your partner's love language. 
for good communication, clearly communicate needs, be empathetic, never assume the worst, give your partner time to talk and actively listen. This is that face-to-face -face communication piece that's drastically, drastically important. And don't just communicate when you have to. You know, be interested in the other person in the current life, their likes, their dislikes. Mind mapping can be a powerful tool to discover the sexual and emotional um, problems between you and your, your spouse or partner. And remember that your partner should be your best friend. Remember that everyone wants to be heard, understood, and validated. It shows caring especially when you have communicated your side of an issue to one another. You can also try to find happy ground or, or compromise. Uh, don't just communicate when you have to. Again, communicate, you know, the quick text message or a quick phone call to say, hi, I love you or what's up or I care about you. Successful couples actually invest 20 to 30 minutes a day reconnecting, talking about their needs, what happened for the day, what they're looking forward to. They also invest another 10 to 15 hours a week of quality time together. You rarely, rarely have to offer any kind of solution or fix your partner's problems. In many cases, people just want to be heard, and that's validating. So to learn your partner's love language, listen, understand, or show your understanding, and validate. So, and that's L-U-V, by the way. Listen, understand, and validate. Another good thing is be empathetic towards the other. Don't assume the worst in what he or she says or does. Always give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, he or she might be having a bad day. The words might come out wrong. Maybe they're too tired or worn out. It, you know, to phrase things, we all have short moments. I know that when I'm tired, I haven't eaten well. I can be very short. One of the things to drastically understand as well, when I'm sick, I tend to be more emotional. If I've been drinking, things get distorted. I tend to be more emotional. Please, please assume the best and not the worst in your partner. Or again, your shadows are coming up. And when you get triggered, and we all get triggered. I um, have been in relationships where somebody else's stuff has greatly triggered me and my own fear of rejection and abandonment. Those are the times to be after that event, obviously. There are times to be honest in listening and validating your, your partner. And times to say, hey, I'm sorry, and own your stuff, and only your stuff. So when you can do that, that's when you can have really good communication and make sure you're clear and understood, watch the way you say something, and be empathetic when you're conversing. Remember that when we're short with one another and we feel attacked, uh, it will definitely incur some sort of response from our partner that can lead to his or her defensiveness or his or her own attack, which will only lead to a spiral. And ultimately, um, the one attacked will feel, will retreat. So it doesn't accomplish anything. And so the, in order to work with that conflict or constructive criticism, try not to take anything personal. Try to look at they're having a bad day or what the circumstances are around it. And then there's acceptance. Accept both the good and the bad. And the bad can be forgiven, you know, and you can talk about the good and accept it with grace and acceptance. And again, build that bridge through talking. There is nothing more important than that face-to-face -face communication. 
it's it's uh it's one of the things that has worked in my relationships but i know that my relationships that have been totally gridlocked where nothing is working or where the other person has decided to disengage and disappear it's because we didn't have that communication that open honest communication set that as a boundary and and talk about that and having that as a clear and upfront agreement if you will but understand that there are agreements that will be um, that will be broken, which is unfortunate. But again, try to do those agreements, talk, give each other the benefit of the doubt, be focused, and be there. Those are going to be the best the best kind. So, I hope that helps out. And if you want more information on relationships, stress, energy, working together, please go to www.extraordinarywellness.com coaching.com. So again, www.extraordinarywellnesscoaching.com for transcripts, for tips. You can also opt in for an audio and a free report on stress. And hopefully this has helped you out on the characteristics of a great relationship and have a fabulous day.